What happens when a once upon a time spotter, a journalist, and a college student get together? Well, you're about to find out. This is PopularSpeed.com's NASCAR podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Mike Kalanoff. I'm the once upon a time spotter. Uh, Tom Jensen from PopularSpeed.com is our journalist. And Jason Schultz is the kid that goes to college. How you doing, guys? We're doing great, Mike. How are you? I'm fabulous. Fabulous. Jason, how are you? I'm doing great, too. College is, you know, but it's good. I know. You look great, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. you. I forgot you can see me. Yeah, well, I'm not really looking. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is our maiden voyage for our podcast, and uh, we have some some really good things for you. And uh, we're going to kick it off with, uh, with Tom Jensen, who is the man in the know. At, at the track and uh, in the garage and under the cars and wherever else he is. Uh, what do you say there, Jensen? Well, I'm looking at round three of the NASCAR playoffs, getting ready to start Sunday at Martinsville. And, and I've looked at the statistics. They're pretty amazing. In the last 19 races, Jimmy Johnson has just one top five finish and has only led 21 laps in 19 races. Yet we're going to Martinsville where he's the defending race winner and has won nine times. In this round of three races at Martinsville, Texas, and Phoenix, he's won a total of 20 races at those three tracks. So as bad as he's been running by Jimmy Johnson's standards, you think he's a legitimate championship contender, or do we stick a fork in his title hopes for this year? Well, you know, I always say about Jimmy Johnson, you, you never count him out. And uh, with, with those stats and these being uh, these last several tracks being his uh, his wheelhouse, so to speak, and we've had Terrific success. I mean, you might as well throw uh, throw Dover in there if you want to, and really uh, let him crush it. But yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you count a guy like that out? I think he's like a surprise yet, not a surprise, because based on how he's not been the greatest this year, and that's kind of always the storyline leading up to usually this part of the season where he's done okay, but then not too well. Then all of a sudden, here are his best tracks. So what does he do now? So I think I'll kind of be surprised to see him do well based on his performance, but yet not really surprised because. These are his best races, and that Texas race for years just seemed like he is the one to win, no matter whether he's in the championship contention or not. He always does well in Texas, and that could be his ticket to Miami. That could be, but you know, I'm looking. I was expecting the championship pivot once the playoffs start, and in six playoff races so far, he's got one top five. He's got a seventh place at Charlotte an eighth place at Chicago. He's got three races where he didn't even finish in the top ten, and right now— among the eight drivers left in the championship, he's fifth in average finish in the playoffs so far at 11.167. So, it, it, you know, it, it, it's weird. He's just not running like Jimmy Johnson. He's not finishing like Jimmy Johnson. But my goodness, after that race at Kansas, he spun out twice. Huh. And he went through a wreck where, you know, 15, 14, 15 cars piled up and he got through it. And as long as he's still in contention, that's a dangerous man right there. Without a doubt. I'll tell you two things that stand out for me. First of all, you know, again, Martinsville, it's, uh, that's just his place. I think you give a guy like that and a team like that just one win, they have a really good run and, and, and win on, on Sunday. Uh, that's, I think that's all the momentum that you need. Uh, and then you go to Homestead. I mean, he's, he's good at Homestead. But remember, um, he was last year, he was, the, he was the slowest car out of the four and won the championship. So uh, you just don't count those guys out. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. All right, on to our next topic in, in Martinsville. 
last four Martinsville races, Kyle Busch has one win, four top fives, and a blistering average finish of 3.125. Brad Keselowski, who won here in the spring, has one win, one runner-up finish, and three top fives. Martin Truex Jr., the hottest driver and the points leader, hasn't finished better than sixth in the last four Martinsville races. And although Johnson is the defending winner of this race, in the other three races out of the last four, he's finished ninth or worse and has an average finish of 9.25. So who do you fellas have to win this weekend at Martinsville? Or somebody not in this group even? It's a tough one, really. I mean, you can't... Re- you really can't count Jimmy Johnson out of this thing, but um, I think Keselowski is good. He's he's good here. Um, I think I think he's got a he's got a good shot. And again, the guy, guy like that give him some momentum, and he's gonna he's gonna really be in good shape. What do you think there, Jason? I the last not last year, but fifteen and fourteen, Martinsville is kind of that race where who's calling? Yeah, we we have a caller on the line. <laughs> Hang on, it's my mother. I'll call back. I'll call back. Uh, 14, Dale Jr. won. 15, Jeff Gordon won. There were so true kind of surprise races, surprise winners for this race in this round, especially deep in the playoffs, even though Gordon was still in the contention. But I kind of feel like we'll have another one of those winners that's kind of surprise, not really expecting, not Johnson, not Kozlowski, not Kyle Busch. I'm saying maybe Den Hamlin, who would be a little bit of a surprise because Martin sold his place. Or maybe even Chase Elliott gets his first win. I think that would be pretty big. I'm not sure too... What his Martinsville previous stats are, I just have a feeling he could be the one to really put a show on, surprise some people, get that win, and really change the um, playoff storyline. Well, Jason, you bring up a good point because Chase Elliott has a 6.17 average finish in the six playoff races so far, which is second only to the 5.83 that Martin Truex Jr. has. He's put up some big numbers, and he's he's really done well. He's really sort of come alive in the playoffs and in in point of fact he's running much better than his his more famous teammate jimmy johnson is right now i didn't even set that transition up i just started talking about chase elliott didn't even like that third topic <laughs> see that worked out that was that was good real good yeah and he finished third here in the spring so qualified second finished third led 20 laps so he's he's certainly somebody we, we can look at. I also want to th- want to throw out the name of Dale Earnhardt Jr. and you can kind of veer off in a little bit of a, a yep. quick aside. This weekend, Dale Jr. is running the Gray Ghost paint scheme from Buddy Baker's famous 1980 uh, Daytona 500 victory when he set what is still the fastest Daytona 500 ever run in, in that beautiful Oldsmobile for near racing, right? Yep. Yep. Junior was supposed to run that at uh, Darlington last year, but he got hurt. So they're going to run it this weekend. And um, I wrote a story back when Fox Sports actually employed writers, a novel idea. (laughs) I I wrote a story about the Grey Goose, and I'm going to write some of this for popularspeed.com tomorrow. But uh, the the Grey Ghost is, is one of the most famous and iconic paint schemes to NASCAR. And after I wrote about it, Tom Higgins, the the great longtime reporter from the Charlotte Observer, sent me a DM and he said he was over to visit Buddy Baker in his dying days. And he said, Buddy had a picture of the gray ghost up on the mantle. 
so he could look at it because it brought him so many good memories of racing. So if there's a sentimental favorite this weekend, I say it's Dale Jr. and the Grey Ghost. Yeah, for sure. And not, not the Grey Goose. This is you previously. Uh, uh, that, 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 that's right. Grey Goose is a quality adult beverage, but Grey yeah, Goose is, is, is a quality like a, race car. A, a Freudian slip or something? What, you know, what, are, you, what are you doing over there? Uh, nothing yet. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, it, it would be it would really be cool to see uh, the Elginia score win here in his you know his final season. Um, last several weeks really haven't been too terrific, but uh, he loves Martinsville and had a really spectacular win there a couple of years back. So uh, that would that would be awesome to see him win. I think yep. the place would explode. Yeah, it would yeah it would be. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I was at Talladega when his dad won his last race in two thousand, and my hand to God, I thought the grandstands were going to fall down. Yeah. You know, he came from eighteenth in the last four laps to win. And it, 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 the ground shook. The ground shook. It was oh, like nothing it. I've ever seen. I've been doing this for 20 years, and it, it was it's insane. You know it be a little crazy, if you think about it for a second? If Dale Jr. goes out and wins Homestead as a, you know, a non-contender for the yeah. championship, so he goes and wins his final race, and then you have the champion, was like, all right, you know, here, here's the champion, folks. Yeah. And that would be about it, you know? But out of all the guys in the field, he'd probably be the one they would want to win Homestead just because upsetting the championship guys wouldn't be too – it hasn't happened the last few years, so I'd rather see a championship guy win versus just a Kyle Larson who's not in contention. Yeah. Well, well, okay, you opened the door and brought it up, Jason. we got to talk about it. If Let's throw out a wild scenario. Let's say Chase Elliott runs well enough to advance to the final but doesn't win – in the next three races. And Kyle Larson does win, but Chase Elliott finishes second. Chase Elliott would be the champion without ever having won a cup race in his admittedly still young career. How do you fellas think the fans would react to that, to have a champion who's never won a race? Hmm. Wow. Well, I, I don't think they'd react well. I, mean, I think it, would, it wouldn't be really too terrific for NASCAR. Um, just going back to my, you know, personal experience there with uh, when I won the championship there with, with Matt in 2003, you know, we only won one race and uh, we had a 400 point lead in, uh, in August of that year. And so if you weren't a Matt Kenseth fan, it really wasn't a lot of fun to watch the races, but as you know, that was the, uh, uh, that, that was the catalyst for the chase. So um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know that it would go over well. I'd love to see the, I'd like to see the champion win the race, really. I mean, like like Jimmy did last year. I just, I think that was, uh, I think it's just a good way to cap off the season, really. And, yeah, it's, been and very, it's happened all. Go ahead, Jason. I was just gonna say it's been very fitting to see the champion win last couple of years and sort of yeah. end the season in that fashion with a champion winning the race. Okay, they've had this, this winner take all format with a couple of tweaks, but it's been winner take all for the last three years. 2014, Kevin Harvick won, although Ryan Newman, who didn't win a race all year long, finished second. 2015, Kyle Busch won. 2016, Jimmy Johnson won. All I'm saying is one of these years it's going to jump up and bite NASCAR that the guy who wins the race isn't going to be the champion. You know, maybe it's an upset winner. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Kyle Larson who's knocked out or somebody else. But I don't think you can automatically count on one of those four guys winning the race. That's true. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. 
I agree with that for sure. I, I just I hope the champion wins the race. Honestly, I just think it's it's the best way to to end the deal. But uh, no guarantees, obviously. I mean, you can have those. You know, four guys can can blow up or wreck or whatever, and which would would really suck. You know, um, I don't know if anything's really going to top the win. Uh, when Smoke and Carl Edwards went into the championship, and it wound up being a tie, and uh, and you know Smoke wins by uh, uh, by race wins, which was that, a little yeah. confusing yeah. to the fans, I think, you know. But uh, but it was yeah. Look, it shows you how important those points are, you know. Those valuable playoff points. Yeah. But you, you know, here's the, here's the little known and almost never talked about factoid about Smoke's championship. And and he absolutely should have been champion. You know, you win five no of the doubt. ten playoff races. You know, this is what I'm about to say is no disrespect at all to, to Stewart. But in the penultimate race of the season, that's the next to the last race, on the last lap of that race, Jeff Burton moved over and let Stewart pass him to go from fourth to third at Phoenix. Had that right. not happened... Stewart would have won the race at Homestead and still not been the champion. And that would have been a PR disaster for NASCAR to have the guy win five five races and not right. be champion and the guy who doesn't win any be champion. So I, I just, yeah. you know, I worry about something like that happening at Homestead one of these years. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That is a good point. You know, and another thing, which I don't think will be will be tough to top anyway. You know, it was Kyle Busch won the championship. He missed how many races during the season? They come back, wins right away, wins a bunch of races, and comes back, wins the championship without winning. You know, without running all the races, which uh, I was I was fine with that. I don't think there was anything wrong with letting him run for a championship because if you miss. That many races and you're hurt, you miss that many races and you come back and win a bunch and win the championship. You deserve that championship, yeah, absolutely. Damn, damn right. But you know, a lot of fans were upset about that, and and I don't, I don't see what's showing up. Why just simply showing up makes a difference? You know, he did everything NASCAR required him to do. Yeah, he finished in the top thirty. He won a race. He won won uh, four races in the regular season. And he he met the parameters or the criteria or, or whatever. And so he was absolutely a deserving champion. And from the horrific injuries he came back from, right. he's more deserving maybe than, than some other guy. So. Without a doubt. Because, you know, you, you get hurt like that. And you go through that whole that or, you know rehabilitation process and, and, and the pain and, you know, the mental part about not being able to be in the races, you know, having to watch them on TV. And then you come back. And I think anybody that thought that wasn't a great feat to come back and win the championship like that really just wasn't a Kyle Busch fan. You know, I think uh, and anybody that really appreciated it that was, you know, fans of other drivers, um, you know, really, really enjoyed the fact that he and appreciated the fact that he won the championship like that. And that, that's one of the problems with discussing some of these issues. If you're a diehard fan, your reaction to it is, well, I'm a fan of this guy or not sure. a fan of this guy. And, and so they, that tends to be the filter through which people judge things as good or bad, where we in the, in the journalism business try to take a little bit more objective and, and broader view on it. We don't always get it right, but we try to. For sure. What else you got there, Jensen? What's up? Well, Big news, Bubba Wallace moving to Richard Petty Motorsports in a deal that had been rumored for months but was kind of sidetracked when uh, uh, Smithfield Foods decided that 
they were going to go to, to Stuart Haas Racing next year. I think Bubba's going to be a tremendous addition to Richard Petty Motorsports. You know, he ran four races for them this year. In every race, he finished better than he did the one before, culminating with an 11-place run at Kentucky Speedway, which was the best finish that the 43 had on a mile-and-a-half track this year. So I think I think he's a wheel man, and I think he's got a ton of personality. I think he'll be good for, for Petty, and I think he'll be good for the sport too. What do you think, Jason? I really like this move because, it, for me, it feels like Bubba Wallace really represents sort of the new age, um, mainstream kind of NASCAR in a way. And then 43, which are Petty Motorsports, kind of the old school. And then bringing those together is a really good move, I think, for just NASCAR overall, looking at that and being able to promote that and for people to come in and see that, that sort of new school guys partnering up with this old school team. And it could do really big things and really re-energize um, that 43 car. I agree. It, it, almost like uh, what Blaney did for the Wood Brothers, mm-hmm, you know, kind definitely. of just brought, brought that back to life, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I think this is a good, it'll be a good shot in the arm for uh, for Richard Petty Motorsports and definitely for NASCAR. He, Bubba is a great personality and he's a great driver. Um, and I know he's been frustrated when uh, when Roush had to shut down that team. And they came came out really strong. I, I guess it was Michigan. Where do you win that truck race? Yeah, was Michigan. 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 First, yeah. first Michigan. Right. I mean, and, and he was I mean, he was on fire there. He was uh, he was hard after it and he was going to win that race and he did a great job. So I think he's going to be all jazzed up um, for next year and, uh, and and do really well for Richard Petty Motorsports. And, and, and uh, look, they've been they've had their ups and downs, Petty, with sponsors and drivers and, and you know, ownership and uh, crew guys. So uh, this, this is a good shot in the arm for them. And uh, I, I think I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. Yeah, I, I think I think they're going to be improved next year. I really do. We still haven't had a definitive uh, acknowledgement whether they're going to be back with Ford or moving to Chevrolet next year. So I'll be interested in, in seeing what happens with that too. That's right. The archive. That's right. They're changing. Good point. We'll see. Anything else, guys? That's it for me. I'm yeah. looking forward to an exciting weekend in Martinsville. I think we're going to have a great race and and. Uh, I'll certainly be interested to see who steps up and is the man this weekend. And a finish under the lights, more than likely. So that right. is going to be very cool to see. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't finish under the umbrella because they're calling for a little bit of rain. Yeah, We don't want to see that. Well, that's about it. Just to, to rewind here a little bit, that, that call was my mother, and uh, her, her pick is uh, is Gray Galding. So <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Never know. <laughs> that is going to do it. <laughs> Uh, for this episode of our podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, uh, maybe you'll join us again and uh, check us out on popularspeed.com. That's where Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz write, and I just look on. So we'll catch you next time. I'm Mike Kalanoff for Tom Jensen and Jason Schultz. <laughs>